0: Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card...
1: Right this way.
0: It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM, let's create.
0: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
1: Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. What's up? Welcome to Good Calls. I'm Dean Blandino, as always, I'm joined by Travis Hansen. Hey, Dean. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you, Travis? I'm good, thanks. And on audio, Joe Madrid. What's up, guys? Not much. Going into week eight. NFL week eight. We got a great show. We're going to talk NFL. We're going to talk a little college football. And uh, we got a special guest. Warren Sapp is going to join us. Please, please, please stick around for that interview. We talk about everything. We talk about the U. We talk about NFL rules. And we talk about... Warren's advice when dealing with wild animals, okay? So stick around for that. It's a wild card. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, good one, Travis. All right, so, let's but what I want to do, before we go into week eight, can we take a step back and and just a little step back in time? And I made a prediction at the end of last week's show. Joe, can you you play that for us, please? As much as I hate to, I will. Please, thank you. I think we're going to get a a pass interference reversal next week. So that was me predicting that we were going to get a pass interference reversal. Now we had call. Thank you, thank you. We hadn't had a pass interference reversal since week four. Forty-eight total reviews going into week eight, only seven reverse. So, so not not very likely that that prediction would come true. If you're handicapping that, Joe, what do, what are you putting the odds at? I'm probably putting that at about
4: uh, plus thirty six hundred. Boom. I throw a hundred
1: down, and and I walk away with a clean thirty six hundred dollars right there. So
4: hey, that's four Tesla payments,
1: baby. Okay, we're not talking about Teslas. All right, so because we did have a reversal, Denver, Indianapolis, big play, T.Y. Hilton, third down, incomplete pass, gets his arm grab, Cody Sensaba, the DB for the Broncos, grabs his left arm, T.Y. can't get to the football. Colts challenge and they and they add the foul they create the foul in replay and uh, and I think we all let's round of applause thank you thank you thank you thank you it was not for me because I made the prediction that they actually created a foul in replay look this is pass interference this this is a call that that should have been made on the field and, and they did a nice job adding it but again We've seen some going into this in the last couple of weeks that were also past interference that were not that were not overturned. And I think the one thing probably if we're looking for a common denominator, I think in some of these calls that have been overturned and, and we had to go back to early in the season, it's if the receiver's arm – is compromised in some way where it's only one arm getting up to be able to get to the, get to the football. I think they're more likely to put the flag down in replay. And I think that's what we saw in, uh, in Indianapolis uh, on Sunday. And, uh, and so we saw reversals. Now we're up to eight for the season so far. And, and, and let's see, let's see where we end up at the end of the year. Just a quick summary on penalties going into week eight, where we were up 18.03 per game. That's accepted, declined, offset, so that's all all fouls that are called um eighteen point o three compared to fifteen point seven six at this time last year, so up, pretty good clip, you know, two a little bit over two a game, and when you look at the penalties that are up significantly, offensive holding, rough in the past or offensive pass interference, illegal hands to the face, and defensive holding are all up this year, one. One interesting fact we were we did a little did a little digging and uh, this year one interesting stat that if you commit if you commit fewer penalties than your opponent, what what percentage of the time do you think you're winning the game, Travis? You you commit fewer penalties. And I tweeted this out by the way, and, and when I tweeted it, I said commit less penalties, and I had the Grammar police tweet at me that, oh, it's fewer, and, and just just accept the stats. Stop being gr- grammatically um, a jerk-off. But anyway, um, fewer I, penalties. Fewer I would think penalties. it's got to be like 60-40. 60-40. Joe, what do you think? I'd go 70-30. Okay, so when you commit fewer penalties, just this season, but it's not that far off from where your historical numbers are. If you commit fewer penalties than your opponent, you're winning the game 49.5%. So actually less than 50, right at 50% when you commit fewer penalties. Now let's take another stat. When you commit fewer turnovers than your opponent, where do you think that is percentage-wise, winning percentage? I, I would say 80 20 I'm gonna go uh sixty five thirty five so seventy seven point yeah. one percent so next time you complain about your team having more fouls more penalties than than your opponent it's not that big a deal when you look at it statistically it's uh it's actually turnovers that are gonna be the key um, when you talk about
4: wins and losses. don't commit those penalties at end of games and crucial situations, but yeah. sometimes those penalties overturn a a turnover, so. Well, there's Probably no question. Not, Look,
1: penalties you know. impact penalties impact games, no question. I'm just saying that there's always this, this talk, and usually on social media, there were 13 calls against our team and only 8 against the other team, or 6-3, or whatever. Statistically speaking, that's not a big driver in terms of your team winning or losing. Obviously, the more disciplined teams over time are going to be more successful, but our goal
4: here is to get people to stop tweeting the refs are killing us. Thank you very
1: much. Thank yeah. you very much, Travis. And and stop turning the ball over. You throw 5 picks, you deserve to lose. Another we've been tracking this and Travis is really he's he's super into this. So I'll let Travis talk a little bit about this, the onside kicks and he he's really he's taken kind of this is his baby this year and he's very very concerned about the success rates of onside kicks so so we had we had two so far in week 8 and and neither was successful so that that gets us to what for the year Travis in terms
4: of percentage in terms of percentages success rates well it's 3.8% so we got one out of twenty six. That's that's not good. So not good.
1: And and when we talk about last year, so two thousand eighteen, significant changes to the kickoff, um, made it made it a little bit harder, that much harder to to make that onside kick, to get that onside kick where you didn't have a run up, you had to be on at least one yard or or on the thirty four, basically with both feet down. And you couldn't lift the foot before that ball was kicked. And so it dropped from historical percentage of 13% to 8% last year. Now we're at 3.8. And so something to continue to watch for as we as we move forward with um, onside kicks. And we've talked about this before. Onside kicks are, are really important. They promote, you know, comebacks. Without the onside kick, without the ability to get the ball back, you know, especially when you're out of timeouts, then then we don't have these close games, and teams are basically done if they're down, you know, two or more scores late in the game.
4: As, as much as I see these these onside kicks going down like this. I I just wonder in your opinion Dean, what do you think the league has to see like what percentage wise do you see a change? Like we've talked about we don't want to see the gimmicky, you know, 4th and 12 play, but it it's got they may go to that because you're seeing these other leagues do something like that. What do you think? Well, I I think if if there's only
1: one successful onside kick for the whole season, I think that's a problem. That's a problem. Uh, that's a major problem. Now again, you you don't one season is It's not a, it's not a, a, my favorite word, a huge sample size, <laughs> but it's, it would be enough to say if we're at, if we're at, let's say one for 40, you know, and we're talking about, you know, 1%, you know, something like that. That would be something the league would have to look at. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We're, we're at the midway point and And, uh, and hopefully we get a couple of onside kicks, successful onside kicks and, uh, and we, bring that percentage up because, you know, I'd hate to see something gimmicky, you know, the, the the kickoff is, is a big part of the game. And, uh, and, you know, and I think the onside kick, obviously player safety is, uh, is, is, is your primary, is your primary focus, but I'd love to see the uh, some more successful
4: kicks going forward. Well, It used to be such an exciting play, the kickoff and the punt return. And now you'd, you rarely get kickoff returns and punt returns just are penalties on every play. And now taking away the onsides, it's like the kicking game almost becoming obsolete. You sound like somebody, you sound like one of these fans
1: that, Oh, there's a penalty on every kick return. And <laughs> da, 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 da. you don't sound like somebody that spends a lot of time with a, one of the premier experts in officiating in the, I don't know the world.
4: Mike's prayers on the you road a lot. A lot of time time, oh, so. <laughs> but, yeah. set you guys up for that one. God, I'm so sorry you beat me. The like Joe, I wish you guys could have seen Joe.
1: Joe was like, oh, oh my God, salivating like over Choke. here. Joke opportunity, Choke, joke, joke, joke. <laughs> All right, we We're talking Joe's not of, on a word count today. Uh, no, I guess. no, no. A lot of, a lot of talk about kickers. Kickers are football players too. So what did we see in the, in the, in the 49er game? 49ers, what? Seven and oh? Yeah, seven and Oh. Look at that. Garoppolo, man. Um Mitch Wischnowski. There you go. The 49ers kicker got called for use of the helmet making a tackle on a kickoff return. Uh, anybody named Mitch Wishnowski should not be getting personal fouls in professional football games. But um you know, this was the new rule that was adopted last year or 2 years ago actually, lowering the head and, uh, and initiating contact with the with the crown or or any part of the helmet really to any part of the body. This was a tough call. It didn't look like um, Mitch or uh, or Wisnowski, as his friends call him, um, really look like he took the brunt of the hit. That the returner actually was the one that dipped his head. But again, typically when those types of calls, the the officials are going to focus more on the player. The the defensive player than the offensive player. That's just the way. That's just the way it's been. But uh, Mitch was called for um, use of helmet. And uh, but then you know my um, I don't like I don't want, I don't like to revel in, in people's misfortune. But it was just interesting that you know the Bears, our, our buddy Eddie Pinheiro, who we talked about after the Broncos game, mm-hmm. who was like,
4: how excited was he when he made that kick? To you win that actually game? called that too. You did. Right. You did. You didn't he one. didn't go Grammatica style where he blew out his knee, but he was really He excited. was super excited. And look, I
1: get it. It was so early in the season, though. It was the Bears' first win. He wins the game with a kick against the Broncos and it was like he was he had the key to the city. Yeah. Right? They were they were interviewing him and I said at the time, I was like, listen. That's a tough tough job an NFL kicker. And you're only as good as your last kick. And I said this, you're going to have an opportunity to win a game again or tie a game late in the game and you better make that kick and because you can become, you know, you could become persona non grata pretty quick and I think uh we saw that today in uh at home in Soldier Field missing that
4: kick against the uh the Chargers. He said after the game he was trying to play the wind. He just he didn't strike it well and he didn't make it, so yeah. And, and look, it and it's, happens. it's a hard
1: job. And kickers, they're like kickers are like officials, really. They're like officials. They only get noticed when they make a mistake right? and you don't really, you know. But even that, I would say officials don't get. Yeah. But officials don't get carried off the field when they make a good <laughs> when they throw a flag. That's correct. I think you the know? lesson here is don't get too high. Don't get too low. That's kind of how Travis is in life. Travis to keeps, keeps us very, you know, on, like, I'll get a little excited in the studio and I'll start talking about something that has nothing to do with football and Travis will bring bring me back to square one and say, what do you I mean, team. all the
4: people from Fox that are listening, we're talking football all the time. Exactly, exactly.
1: But, you know, life of a kicker, you know, a guy that is the greatest kicker, I don't care what anybody says, this is the greatest kicker of all time. And he's been getting... He's been getting a lot of flack lately because he missed some extra points. And he's he is look, he's on the back end of his career, no question. But Adam Vinatieri today, again, showed us why he's the best kicker of all time. Nailed a 51 yarder to win the game against uh against the Broncos. The Broncos have been on the uh you know the the wrong end of these game winning kicks this year. But um here's he missed a, an extra point earlier in the he game. He missed too. an extra point, but when it he, counted, when it counts. he made it. That guy has made so many pressure kicks, whether it's in the snow against the Raiders in 2001, he's won Super Tuck Bowls, bull. multiple sub, uh, Super Bowls with kicks at the end of the game, and the guy's a stud. And, uh, and we will, you know, talking about our interview a little later, Warren Sapp does mention the need for a kicker at the University of Miami and how they're in a downturn with kickers. So uh,
4: QB killer talking kickers. I still right. have four years of eligibility. Oh Speaking boy. Speaking of that, yeah Joe, oh, thinks, yeah,
1: Joe thinks he can make a 33 yarder with no kicking experience. So we will we will bring him out onto a high school field, the local high school field, and we're gonna and we're gonna give him three shots to make one thirty-three yarder.
4: I don't think he's gonna make one.
1: Neither one of us think he's gonna make one. We'll record it, we'll post it, but we're gonna do that in the next couple of weeks. And uh, and we'll we'll share that. But Joe, I think for thinks, fun, Dean,
4: you and I should kick as
1: well. Yeah, I'll kick yeah. absolutely. Let's do oh, I kick. can't wait for this day. I'll kick for that. Um, let's go to our head scratcher call of the week. We're still waiting for Murray's to, to reach out to us so they can be the sponsor for the head scratcher. Yeah, just DM of the week. us. Just you know, they're on. Does Murray's on? Do they have a Twitter account? Let's Take Murray's. A look. Check Maybe that. We just out.
4: need to follow them.
1: But, yeah, let's follow them. But let's get to the head-scratcher. Tampa Bay, Tennessee, this is a big, big call in this game. It's late in the game, um, fourth and two, and Tennessee lines up for a field goal attempt, and they fake it. So the holder, who's actually the punter, Brett Kern, he takes the snap, and he and he tries to run for a first down, gets crushed by Devin White. Ball comes out. It's picked up by the Bucks, and they return it for, what, could be a, a a touchdown, but unfortunately, the down judge covering the play ruled Kern down by contact. Now, look, it's a tough play because you've got the line of game involved. You're it's a fake field goal, so you have to transition quickly. As an official, you know where your where your focus is on a field goal, especially the down judge who's on the line of scrimmage. That down judge has to be looking down the line, making sure that the offense is lined up properly, looking in at the football, making sure the defense doesn't jump offside. And now it completely shifts. We get a snap. Now you have a run toward the down judge. The line of gain is right there. He has to rule on it. He makes the ruling. Um, unfortunately, replay showed it was a fumble. Nothing replay can do there. And and it ends up taking away what would have been a touchdown against the Bucks, and they lose the game by by uh, four points. And we've been down this road before this year. Um, we had a game, the, the the Rams and the Saints, where it was a pass-fumble situation. And, uh, and the official, the referee, blew it dead and ruled incomplete pass, took away a touchdown from the Saints. And, again, nothing you can do in replay. And it's one of those deals where, again, you teach the officials – You've got to be 100 percent sure if you're going to put that player down. And uh, and look, the official you don't. It's it's a tough, tough deal because you don't want officials being indecisive based on a replay. You don't want an official to not make a decision because replay, they're thinking replay can bail them out. So that official made a decision. He thought he saw the runner down. Um, it happens quickly, and obviously he wasn't down. So again. I think we saw after that Rams-Saints play, um, we saw a lot of plays get let go. Mm -hmm. Officials really not being somewhat hesitant. And uh, and I think we may see that again. I think we may see plays being let go. And and again, if you're not sure, you should always let it go. But you want officials to make decisions and you don't want them to, to rely on replay. And for that to be a crutch,
4: yeah. The league did a pool situation. report on that. Didn't add much to it. Just saying that's what was called on the field, and it's not reviewable.
1: Yeah, and, and for those of you that that haven't, you know, don't know what a pool report is, that's an opportunity. Look, they don't they don't let the officials speak to the media after a game. No sport does that, and uh, but there is an opportunity for. Um, a pool reporter who can go to the official's locker room, ask the referee um, some specific questions about a situation, and then relay that information to the rest of the media. And so, again, they don't put the officials up on a podium or, or a press conference or anything like that, but there is a mechanism in place. Not a lot in that pool report. Referee Adrian Hill just talked about what the ruling was, what what happened, and uh, and what could have happened in replay. But, again, tough, it's a tough play, tough way to... Uh, you know have a you know really a, a, what should have been a touchdown taken away let's uh let's go take a break when we come back we're going to talk a little college football number 5 oklahoma goes down college football playoff chances maybe gone fading away <laughs> And we'll come back with Brandon Blandino inside the cube in our Warren Sapp interview next on Good Calls.
2: If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code—a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code IBM. Let's create.
5: This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfector of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job and he gets it done because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, Find the perfect Father's Day gift at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.
0: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like... <sighs>
1: All right, we're back on Good Calls with Dean Blandino. That's me. Let's talk a little college football. Play of the weekend, really. Um, number five, Oklahoma. This is a team that, that from the Big 12's perspective, this is their best chance to get into the college football playoff, and uh, they go into Case State. Not a game that you would think. Um was even going to be close. I mean, K-State really in a in a, a State four and two playing pretty good ball. They're playing though. pretty good ball. I mean, they've got a they've got a great, I mean, that's a good head coach that they got there after having Bill Schneider there forever. And uh but when you talk about Chris Kleiman, but um goes down to the wire. K State had a big lead in the fourth quarter. Oklahoma climbs their way back. They have an onside kick opportunity and uh it's the ruling on the field is that Oklahoma recovered it legally it goes to review and gets overturned and i'm literally i'm looking at it again for the 600th time i'm watching it again all too. right i'm watching it again and the here's the deal the 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 ball hits the Oklahoma player before it goes 10 yards so that's a foul for illegal touching but what everybody wanted to talk about, and this made its way around social media. Somebody gets in the rule book, and they find this rule, which it is a rule, and this is in Rule 6, which deals with um, kicks, and we're talking about free kicks here, kickoffs. It's forced touch disregarded. So the rule states a player blocked by an opponent into a free kick is not, while in bounds, deemed to have touched the kick. So the question was, did the K-State player block the Oklahoma player into The football. Therefore, if he was forced and blocked in, then that that he would be deemed not to have touched it. And I've looked at this thing a million times. This is a collision that happens at full speed. The Oklahoma player is moving toward the football. The K-State player is moving toward the football. They both lower their shoulders. There's a second Oklahoma player that contacts the K-State player. It's a collision. It's impossible to say that the K-State player forced the Oklahoma player into the football. Replay can look at the aspect of the touching. They can't look at force touching. They made the right call. Unfortunately for Oklahoma fans, that was the right call. And when you're talking about force touching, what you're really talking about is a player— that is passive, and what I mean by that is a player that is not is not engaging an opponent, is not trying to block, is just trying to stand there. And you typically see this on punts, where the returner will just stand there, and then the kicking team will try to push that player into the football. Well, if you push that player into the football, then he's deemed not to have touched it. And look, it's a tough call, but again, it was the right call, and uh, and the the player did touch it before it went ten. And, uh, you know, the ball was given back to K-State and K-State ended up running out the clock and winning the game. And it's, again, tough, tough way to lose the game. But you give up 48 points, you're going to lose a lot of football games. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So.
4: So even with that Oklahoma player that comes in second, he makes that big contact pushing everybody in. If he pushes the K-State guy into the ball, the same the same rules apply there. Well, again, you you can't push the, the idea is either team,
1: you, you can't force an opponent into into the kick, but it would have to be something where that player is just passive. And no, none of those players, you watch that play, nobody's passive on this play. They're all moving toward the football. They're all engaging with each other. It's a collision that happens at full speed. And it's impossible to say that that any of those players force the other player into the football. Um, but again, the Oklahoma player touched it, and 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 you can't touch it. The kicking team is not eligible to touch it until either the receiving team touches it first, or it goes ten yards. Then that ball becomes, uh, you know, they 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 can touch it legally. And uh, yeah, ball went over to K State, and I thought it was the right call.
4: So in that process, though, how long did it take during like actual time? How long did that review take? Uh, it took a while. And I think we saw we saw
1: some reviews, and I think you see this in college where. The NFL process takes longer because the referee is involved, and you have to get the headset on and all of that. So, so per review, the, the the NFL process does take longer. College doesn't take as long, but what you're seeing in 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 some of these major conferences, these Power Five conferences, is the referee now they're bringing a little a little device over for the referee to look at the play. So that's going to extend the review, and then. The other part of it is that there's no time limit in college. Should there be a time and limit? That, and that's are these things things the taking question, too question, you know, and you think on average last year, Division I, FBS, right about 120, 121 per review, which is not a bad number. But we've seen some reviews in college where where it's been five, six, seven, even eight-minute stoppages. That's that's insane. And and so I do think that the NCAA needs to – think about a time limit. And and maybe it's not maybe it's from the time the game is stopped, maybe it's an overall maybe it's 2 minutes would be max, right? Cuz that's typically in line with what a, what a what a TV break would be. Yeah, 90 so, seconds usually. So we're not we're not delaying the game unnecessarily, but but I do think college needs to think about that. We did get a great suggestion <laughs> from from Scott who works with us if you don't, if you don't, if you want a really good Twitter follow, go to go to Scott Tamil, Tammel, T A M um, M E L. He's on Twitter. Follow him. He works with us in the studio, and he came up with a great idea. He said, "Listen, <laughs> if we want to keep these reviews short, what we do is we take the replay official and we put we put the replay official in a tank, <laughs> and as soon as the replay official the, the the review is initiated, that tank starts to fill with water." And so, basically, we put a camera on this. It's yes, perfect. you've got to make a decision before you drown. In essence, that's what that <laughs> wow. that was Scott's suggestion. He even added that, like there were points where we could we could let like you know some kind of, maybe an alligator into the tank, or or a shark, eel. an electric eel, which I think is an urban myth. By the way, I've never seen anybody shocked by an electric eel. So, something you and I both agree on. Thank finally. You. But this was Scott's idea and and I certainly think that would speed up the process. It might make the process more exciting. Um I think Review we could, fear factor people becomes. would be watching <laughs> there'd be a whole new group of fans watching college football that have no interest in football, but they wanna see like this they wanna see if this replay official is going to die before, get it before time? they can make a decision. Joe Rogan so, can host it. Exactly, exactly. So it's a combination of college football and and Fear Factor. <laughs> And uh but that was Scott's idea. Speaking of <laughs> I, don't that, happen, no, I, I don't think it's going to happen unfortunately. I don't think it's going to happen either. Let's
4: Good call, Scott. <laughs> speaking
1: of inside the cube, you know, we work together in in the Fox Sports and the Rules Cube and we work you know, we do we do college football on Saturdays, sometimes Friday, and uh and we do NFL on on Sunday. And uh Saturday night we work late and I was really excited because we we have we have all, right? And I want you guys to back me up on this. We have we have completely boycotted Taco Bell. Yeah, right. Have you been to Taco Bell since they? Gave? I don't even know what Taco Bell. Is Thank you. So since they got rid of the double decker taco, um, no one is going to Taco Bell. So we were there late. We had a Pac-12 after dark game. So we're there. We're going to be there till eleven, and uh, and so we typically get like a you know a a bad Fourth a cheap meal a cheat that, meal that Taco right? Bell coin a but, cheap meal, yeah. and and so we went with Wendy's. So good, so. Their nuggets are the really spicy good. nuggets are. I didn't go really, spicy. The regular, really they're good really too. good. Yeah, I, I had the spicy nuggets, the Dave's double, legit. But that's not my point. My point is, <laughs> I wanted to just finish the night strong. So after the Wendy's, I went and I stopped at Seven Eleven and I got a pint of Ben and Jerry's half baked. Okay, which is the greatest ice cream of all time.
4: I gotta try it. Okay, so if you, you talk don't, about it a lot.
1: If you don't know what half baked is, and Joe knows what half baked is, okay, Joe, half baked is is a combination of chocolate chip cookie dough and chocolate fudge brownie all it together. And I don't know how it started, like how they how they invented it, but it to me in my mind, like I've fantasized that this is how it's happened. Like <laughs> Ben and Jerry are hanging out. And they're, they're sitting in Vermont, they're hanging out, and they live next to each other, and they, they're, like, watching a movie, and Ben is eating chocolate chip cookie dough, and Jerry is eating chocolate fudge brownie, and they're hanging out, and then all of a sudden, they, like, look at each other as they're about to take a bite, and it's like light bulbs go off. And it's like, like remember, like, peanut butter and chocolate running into each other? That's how I envision half-baked. Maybe they were, maybe they were imbibing it a little, you know... Medicinal, A little medicinal and it was like, oh, I'm half baked. And that's how <laughs> they came up with the name. And it, that's how half baked came out. But anyway, I get a pint of half baked. I'm so excited. Okay. And Joe knows that I have a system with half baked and, and there's a system where you don't, you, you don't eat it directly out of the freezer. This is a system I cannot get behind because I pull it out no. and I immediately have to eat it. You cannot, I'm with you on that. No, you can let it sit. There. You cannot eat it right out of the freezer because it's you get freezer burn burn and it's not as creamy. So you let it sit. Okay, set a timer. I don't care. Go do something else. Go. I don't care what you do. You let it sit at room temperature. Legit, For how long? About seven minutes, seven to ten minutes, depending on the temperature in the room. So, so you have to
4: think ahead of when you want to eat your ice cream. Travis, I don't like that.
1: hundred percent. So, you take it out, you let it sit because then it's like, and you'll know when you take the the cover off. If you take the cover off and it's just like very smooth, oh my God, the feeling. It's like this smooth, it's so amazing. (laughs) And you just see the top. You guys can see the look on his face right now. It has just a slight little melt to it. And you go that first, ridiculous. Okay. So, I'm, this is what I'm, I have Wendy's. This is what I'm looking forward to. So, I go to 7 Eleven, I put it in the freezer, I come, I'm doing whatever. I take it out, I go to let it sit for seven minutes, I go to take it out, and the pla- I didn't realize the plastic was off. So, you know, there's a safety seal. Safety seal was off. So now I've got to make a business decision, yeah. because I've seen on the social media idiots running around, taking the thing off, licking it, putting it back. That 7-Eleven that I get it from was pretty shady, so I don't know. So now i got to make a business decision. Do I eat the half baked, knowing that some degenerate may have licked my half baked, or just
5: get rid of the top layer? What? Go in. Yeah,
4: that's it.
1: What do you think I did? I
4: think you ate it. I ate I that
5: shit. <laughs> Are you kidding you, me? If it's seven minutes, you're now. <laughs> Are you kidding in me?
1: And then, and then I felt great today, so there was nothing, nothing wrong, unless Thank it's goodness, like a two day yes. thing. But so, things okay. so that was that was my half-baked story. People out there probably think that you have to like, say, <laughs> oh, this guy's on TV. He's got this glamorous life. And here you are. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. Fast food. seven eleven. 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. And I'm eating it despite the safety steel not being Half-baked is legit, though. Let's, it's, I got to try it. so legit. Let's go Brain of Blandino. What do you got for us right. Blandino. Thank you
4: for that. Oh. So this is a rules- this is a rules brain of Blandino. All right. That's convertible. It's, it's a rules. It's a vehicle rules show. convertible rules. What are the rules
1: to driving a convertible? Okay. So I think if you're a man, you can't drive a convertible if you're under 50. I agree with that. Okay. Period. Like you can't own a convertible if you're under 50. I agree. All with right, you. I think a woman can, and I'm not. Look,
4: this is just. I think you should be able to drive a car, however, oh, whatever you Juana. want. Oh, Honda God. Civic. Okay, I keep agree. Going, keep, go. Keep you going. You got to be I, over 50. Sorry. Keep going. Here we go. It's got to be a two door. I think too.
1: So two door, door. I just, mm. I just think it's, I just think it's a, it's a, it's an age thing where you get to a certain age where you can now, now you look, now you look the part in the convertible, and I just think, it's like, okay, I think it's like guys guys under 50 once you hit 50 right your phone you take it off vibrate it goes on sound okay you can get the convertible all these things okay <laughs> that that's a standard so i think i think convertible i think one and even then, two dudes in a convertible? Yeah.
4: I like I think me that's and you against cruising the rules. down the road. I think that's, that's going to happen. I really do. What, what about a Jeep Wrangler? That's pretty
1: much a convertible. No, no, no. that's no. That's got big tires. A Jeep so Wrangler's
4: right. not a convertible. I mean, you are still have no. the top off. No.
1: I think I, two guys is a no. Two dudes? No. Guy I'll, and a girl, absolutely. I remember yeah. just growing up I used to always there was always like cute girl in like the the Rabbit Cabriolet. Yes. That was such a Oh man. White and, interior my name red was like pants, Ashley, of and she was so cute. But I I agree. I agree. I agree. Two dudes, no. Over 50, single dude, fine. One guy in the car. Under 50, stay away from the convertible, you know. You could buy a Tesla, like Joe, <laughs> like Joe does. And never shuts up about it. But um, when are they gonna have a Tesla convertible? That's the rule. That's not. A, that's not even inside the brain of of though. Though I think you made that yeah, one. Yeah, that up, Joe. that was one that I added. you made that. I've one got up. a few in there. You made that one up. But so you you know you ran with it. Well, nice one. All right, I appreciate that. So that was not something I came up with. Let's go. Let's go. DM of the week. This was actually this was actually a DM that I got um, from Steve Hoden. And so what Steve Hoden is complaining about he DMs me how does Tom Brady get to reset the play clock and we've heard this before that Tom Brady and and so there's a there's the signal for play clock it's you take your hand one hand and you like pump it up in the air. Like you're not raise the roof. You're, no, no, but you're raising the roof with one hand. Right. You're not, you're not, you're not totally raising the roof. Like it's it's the party's. Like getting, you have your drink in your hand party, and you're raising yes. the roof one hand. Exactly. There the party's go. starting to get a little crazy, but you don't want it to get too crazy. So it's a one hand raise the roof. And so there was there's there's a play in the game on Sunday against the Browns. It's fourth and four. And the Patriots decide to go for it. And play clock gets inside of 20 seconds and Brady turns to the referee and pumps, raises the roof with one hand, and the referee does reset the play clock to 25. The question is, why does Tom Brady get to decide? No. Tom Brady doesn't get to decide. It is a great question. Tom Brady doesn't get to decide, but the, the quarterback and it's not just Tom Brady. It's any quarterback. You'll see kickers do that. Holders do that. And the bottom line is, is the mechanic. It's a fourth and four situation. So They're inside the 30-yard line, which is typically going to be a field goal. So you have a kicking ball that comes into the game. The Patriots then decide to go for it. Now we got to get the kicking ball out of the Mm. game and bring a regular ball in. If all of that happens and now the regular ball is down and the play clock is inside of 20 seconds, then the mechanic is to reset the play clock to 25 seconds. So that's what happened. Brady knows that he's going to ask the referee, but the referee is going to reset that because mechanically the football was not made ready for play before 20 seconds um, on the play clock. And that's, that's how that's a good one. So it's a good DM of the week. I can't, do a lot of my DMs because a lot of them are are really bad and mean. can you make sure to get me a kicking ball? There's mean people. For the competition. Yeah, yeah. You'll get it. We'll get an official K ball for the competition. Um, let's uh let's go to another break. And when we come back, I'm so excited, Hall of Famer Warren Sapp joins you us. Be on good call.
5: Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com.
0: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like ah, being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
1: All right, really excited about our guest this week. This guy was a national champion. Super Bowl champion, All-American, All-Pro, Hall of Famer, Warren Sapp. Warren, what's up, man? Hi. Ah, good to speak with you, Dan. What's good, baby? Uh, nothing, nothing. I, uh, let's, before, I want to talk officiating and rules and get your take on some things when you played and what's happening today. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about the you and what's going on. Now, listen, I... I went to Hofstra. They don't have football anymore, but but back in the day we had Marcus Colston, Wayne Kribet, Willie Colon, so what's up? But I was always a U fan. I was always a Miami fan, going back to the 80s. What's going on? Uh, you know, just recently Manny Diaz just took the, he said, you know, three and four, it's on me. Where do you see the program right now? What needs to happen to get back to the, the glory years? I
3: think one thing we're missing is a dominant defensive tackle because we always talked about University of Miami being quarterback university with, you know, Jim Kelly and Geno Walsh, Erickson, and that whole list of characters that played quarterback there. But there was always Jim Burke, Reuben Carter, you know, <laughs> Russell, Cortez, myself, Jerome. I mean, we had a dominant front that could go after somebody's mm-hmm. quarterback. And it being quarterback, you we had a quarterback that you know could go out and win the football game for us. And right yeah. now, we we don't have either one of those. And then we don't have a kicker. My God, Jesus,
1: that's crazy. That
3: that, uh, that that is ludicrous right now for me.
1: Because Miami's I mean, one, always we, been
3: programs in the world. We don't have a kicker, man. Are you kidding
1: me? You've always Miami's always had a good kicker, good kick punter, place kicker, and it feels like they can't make a kick this year
3: not one not even the chip shots I mean he, oh, it's unbelievable and we can't stop a nosebleed and Diaz is supposed to be a defensive guy so uh, uh, it's hurting right now it's really hurting do
1: you, do you see you talked about quarterback you and like Perry's going to start this week and it's his third straight talk start you had Jaron Williams you know Tate Martell hasn't taken a snap at quarterback do they have the guy currently on the roster or do they, they got to go recruit the guy
3: I, I don't know. I, we look like transferring you because the only guy on offense we got is number two, and he transferred there. Thank God. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this is unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, is there is there like a a group chat where you guys you know on game day, you and and, oh, and Ray no, Lewis and Gino no, do one and, no. and Luther Campbell? <laughs> no. Can I get it's on a, that?
3: It's a, it's a After game counseling (laughs) session, we have no doubt about that. That definitely
1: goes on. Uh, I could only, I could only imagine.
3: Talk us off off the ledge and hide all sharp objects.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, so let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about your your transition. You know, from college to the to the NFL to the pro game. What was what was the toughest thing for you going from the college game to the pro game, if there was one? What was the What was the biggest jump for you?
3: Really? The offensive minded of game in the National Football League. I went on. I remember one game. I looked at the umpire. You know, used to be behind us.
1: Back sure, in the day. sure.
3: So, so I look back and say, hey, "Man, you want to watch this holding? Oh, I got you." So I go up and shake the offensive lineman. I look at him. I say, "That's not holding." He
1: said, "Grow up." How's <laughs> <laughs> a rookie? I said, "Okay." <laughs> this, is gonna, this is how it's gonna. This is gonna be. Oh yeah. I mean,
3: this is a grown man's league. I mean, you have to, you have to fit for yourself. Don't, don't look for any help out there on the football field. So that was my first lesson I got told grow up. I said, okay, (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm a grown man. I pay my mama bills. What you mean grow up? <laughs> that's that's funny. And that,
3: that's what I said. That's what I said, I what I said. I what I said my mind, but I wasn't I wasn't I was, I was bad enough to say anything to the ref Did I thought they throw you right out of the game? But oh I well, we're did. we're
1: gonna get into you. You definitely grew into your. We're gonna get into a little bit of your of your. You know, as a veteran talking to the refs, we'll get there. But let's yeah yeah yeah. I, we're, we're, I was we're, a rookie then. I was rookie. a rookie then. I was learning. I You was were playing. you were you were a good you were a good soldier at that point. But we're gonna get into a little bit. Later. Later. Um uh-huh. but but you came you came into the league um, around the time, you know, mid nineties where they were expanding a lot of the, the rough and the passer rules and defenseless player protection. Did you did you ever feel like you know, you talked about holding, but did you ever feel like those those protections to the quarterback made it harder for you to play defense?
3: No. Okay. No. It just it just gave me a strike zone. That's all it was. I mean couldn't hit him in the head, and you couldn't hit him below the knees. But I mean, trust me, that, <laughs> that never stopped the the assault on the quarterback. He was always your target, and like the great Al Davis said, in the first ten plays, the opposing quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. That's right. So, so what and do you that's say? The way the game should be played to the to the end of time. What, what do you say what to
1: the, What do you say to these guys today that say, "Well, I can't play defense. You know, I can't. You I know." Tell you
3: what, you know, because you watch Bosa at the end of that game when he sacks the quarterback on the sliding field. I mean, he's not landing; he's landing on him. But I mean, why is that okay? And the and the guy in Miami blows his knee out in week one, week two. Was it week one last year? Yeah, I think it was week one. Blew his knee out, Sack, trying to trying to not land on the quarterback. I mean, I, I found that to be crazy because the last time I checked, he's got an offensive lineman that's in front of him that's paid to protect him.
5: Yeah, exactly. So once I
3: get to him and I shock him where I land, it should be on the quarterback. He's the cushion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, the you cushion, are huh? you were allowed to do that back when you played and I think yeah,
3: that I, I have to go to my owner and ask him, you know, do you want the quarterback assaulted or do you want him, you know, laid down softly? Well, because it, I'm not giving I'm not giving up my money. Exactly. I, I got kids to feed. I'm it, not giving up my money. So you make a decision, boss. you paying for the fine and me landing on the quarterback because I use him as a pillow.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny because that there used to be language in the rule book that used to say you had to cradle the quarterback on the way gotcha. to the ground. Cradle, the gotcha. actual word. Now, now I can't I see know. you in a, in a defensive line in your position meeting and the defensive line coach saying, hey, we got to cradle this guy.
3: Got to cradle, yeah. I know the cradle. I'm going to wrap him up and take him all the way to the ground. <laughs> Out of everything back in the day, I mean, you you had to take the quarterback down. He wasn't going down. He wasn't sliding, and none of that. Oh, none of that. Uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. You had to take him down. So it was it was a game. It was a different game. So we're, we're playing it a lot more wide open right now. I know
1: that. Well, that's exactly right. What do you what do you think of you know there have been rules changes, and you talked about offense in the beginning, and and yes, this is an offensive league. And the rules changes are, you know, f- kind of focused in that area. Do you do you think that's good for the game overall, or do you think we need to have more balance?
3: No, it's, it's good. It's good because it's a skill game now. It used to be a brutal, you know, ISO ISO lead fullback, uh, Mike linebacker, you know, all those things. Now it's a wide open game. Who can run? Who can cover? Who can stop a two way going? Who can rest the passer? Because they throw it fifty times, holy smoke!
5: Yeah, yeah,
1: no question, no question. what as as that
3: quarterback, as long as you're still bringing that pretty girl out and you drive her around, and I get to dig her up. Yeah, let's play, <laughs> let's
1: play. What What do you think about? You know, there's been so much discussion about replay and pass interference, and I know you're you're watching games. You know, nah, as I mean, a former player, what are we doing? What are we doing with replay? Should we be reviewing this nah, stuff?
3: Nah, I tell you what, we've gone too far. Because when we brought it back, the Vinny Testaverde play with Seattle would have yeah. saved Erickson his job. That was a big, one. that was a big. one. That would save the coaches and twelve, twelve coaches around the National Football League when they had to move. That's why we brought it back to make sure we ensure to get the plays right. That you know, but the other one the other day, you saw that you, you can see the Cleek plant of the guy out of bounds, and they still called it a touchdown in the um, the Green Bay game. Yeah, you can see the Cleek clearly right there on the way. Clearly on the white. They even showed the cameraman standing over. You see it? <laughs> that was ridiculous. Some of them are ridiculous, and then they want to put the pass, pass is Tough enough to call as is. Now we're gonna go to replay? Come on, stop it.
1: That's that's the exact point. It is such stop a it. tough call, and you stop know how.
3: It. Now you're bringing in a whole nother. Oh, well, he might have grabbed him a little early there, and <laughs> yeah. come on. Come on, man. Come on. Let them hand fight. Let them play with their players. They just call see. But I tell you what we really need to do. Put two more referees on the field that are at the sticks because that's what the game is on third down. We have men standing at the the, the, the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And when the ball snaps, they don't move. And then now they got to run up the field to mark that ball? Yeah. We're playing game of inches and we're giving away yards. Yeah, we're well, the game of inches, and we're giving away yards. Only thing we need is two more referees standing at the sticks because that's where the action is. The action is at the first down marker.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. And we, you know, when I was at the league, we talked about adding an eighth official, and it was always, okay, where are you going to put that guy? You took the. Ump-
3: right at the sticks because that's where the action is.
1: Well, there you go. All right, we'll go to the competition committee. We'll call it the yeah, SAP rule. Is.
3: is that the play the sticks on third down. No question. The quarterback is throwing for the sticks on for third down because he wants a what? First down. And the first down is where? At the sticks.
1: And and I think <laughs> we get, and the way, and I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes, especially on the rules side, we overcomplicate things. This is not a, it doesn't have to be a complicated game, right? No, it, it, y'all just
3: try to cover everything and you can't cover everything, but you can cover most of it from that referee being right there at the sticks because that's where the action is going to be.
1: I like it. I like it. All right, yeah. let's let's go to. Okay, you were a rookie. You didn't want to talk to the officials. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. The, re- the referee told me to grow. He up. He told so you to grow idea. up, and you said I okay. Have much of a
3: conversation with him about anything. All right.
1: <laughs> so now, so now you're you know you win a Super Bowl with the Bucks in in two thousand two. You go to the Raiders, and now in two thousand seven, you you get not one. Not two, but three unsportsmanlike conduct calls for mouthing off and you get disqualified from the game. You were I mean, I was at the league office in the officiating department. You were the officiating, you know, most wanted at that point. And what okay. what happened? What happened during that during that sequence? OK, no, it, was, it, it, it happened um, in the, earlier in
3: the year. Number fifty three, I think he lives in Manhattan Beach because my friend lives in Manhattan Beach and I was at the nine hundred club and they was like, Yeah, he lives up here I was like, Yeah, let him come by the bar <laughs> <laughs> So you we know, he's in the uh Houston Houston Texan game. And he was standing in the huddle with the office line. And he came out, you know, after you know, they were about to get ready to, you know, go in the huddle and one of those timeouts and he was giggling. So I looked at him and I said, So what's so funny? So he looks at me and says, oh, they are afraid of you. So you know me.
5: When you tell me a bold-faced lie in my face, I looked
3: at him and I called him a, a, you know what, lie, MF lie, MF liar. And he looks at me and said, what? I said, yeah, you're a MF lie. What? What you going to do about it? (laughs) And he looks at me like I had just slapped his mother or something. (laughs) And I looked at him like, you just going to tell me a bold face like you could have said none of your business. And that would have been better than telling me they're afraid of me because I know that ain't the case. So we get to plan the game and something else happened. I mf him real good again. So he's the umpire in the Jacksonville game. He wanted to throw the flag on me back then, but like the officials that he had, number 99, I told him, say, grow up, man. I said, come on, we're, we're playing the game. Yeah. You know, because I, you know, I cussed him out I'm like, yo, in my hood, when you tell a lie, you get cussed out. <laughs> you will know, tell a grown man a lie in his face and, and look at him. Am I supposed to trust you not behind me to call the game fair? And you can't even tell me what y'all were laughing about? Come on, man. We grown men, dog. Don't play like that. So this was, you know, like some oh, some personal thing with me and him on this, this Sunday. Mm-hmm. The one in Jacksonville just turned out to be just a bad day of officiating. And I and you can go all the way back to this when they throw the flag they call it offsides on Burgess. Burgess goes yelling at the ref. He changes it to Chris Clemens. Chris Clemens looks at me he was like it was me sir." So I was like, "Oh, you was offside." He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Were well, you trying to look around me?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I told you to go off of me." So now I know it was Chris offside, but they didn't but they didn't correct it on the on uh-huh. the on the um the last year. So the next play we line up Nnamdi de- Ashton, my wife's called for offsides. The very next play, I'm like, are you kidding me? So I walk out there to the headlines when I say, yo, dude, you couldn't give my DB a warning? and tell him back up a little bit? You're standing two feet from him. So he looks at me like, D- he's never done this before in his life. You know, like, <laughs> back up a little bit there, 21. Watch alignment. you know?
1: Sure, sure, I mean, which happens all easy. the time, which happens all the time.
3: <laughs> Come on, you don't call offside on a, on a cover corner that's coming to man, man to man. You just tell him back, hey, watch your line. Then nominee would have looked to the line of scrimmage and lined himself up. So they don't do that. Throw the flag. Jerome was his first uh, time being a referee. This was his first year.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
3: <laughs> he, he wants to decline the penalty, and they would have been close enough to kick a field goal to make it 31 to nothing. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, who declined the penalty? He's like, what? I'm like, who declined the penalty? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I'm the captain of the team. Burgess is the other captain, and the these way out there playing man-to-man. Burgess don't talk. Who declined the penalty? And then I got Lane Kiffin on the sideline yelling like a little five-year-old kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, what? Who declined the penalty? I said, relax. Nobody. He did. He was like, what? I'm like, the ref did. Nobody. Nobody. I- Come on! I'm taking the penalty. Got to move them back. They're gonna throw a screen or a draw and then kick the field sure,
4: sure. I'm
3: not gonna give them a chance to get the first down and drive it on my ass and make it 35 nothing. Come on! I'm smarter than that, you know. So now I'm being questioned by Lane Giffin that I didn't decline the penalty, and now they about to sc- I'm like, are you kidding me? I, and I'm at the point where I would just want to just shoot myself right now, sure. Because we lined up to start the game with 12 men on the field, and they still gained nine yards on a run play. <laughs> so trust me, <laughs> this has been building
1: since the first. Quarter. It sounds like this game so, is really it's going very well. Oh, it's going oh, no, very well. It, for you. it means nothing
3: to nobody on any scale on any level, and it's two days past my birthday and four days of Christmas, and I'm ha- and I'm a half an hour away from my house in Orlando.
1: Yeah, so you're ready, you're ready to go. You're ready to go. You're ready. You're ready to get into like, some eggnog. You're like ready to go. Here. I got How it. I got it. Got it. it
3: gonna take for me to get out of here? I got it. <laughs> it was Christmas time and I was ready to go home, man. I had enough. I
1: well, had you did. Enough. You got I out early. That's
3: that see, oh, now I, I know. Now? I went about it the wrong way. I went about it the wrong way. I, I just went overboard. I really did. Really bad.
1: And that and that, that happens, it's, that Sunday. it's emotional. That Sunday. But now I know. Now I know why, because it was Christmas time, <laughs> you were close to home.
3: Oh, you want to hear the best part? <laughs> My brothers and sisters were all in the
1: stands oh. you know, 90 minutes from home, and they're going to tell me he saw mama walk out the stand. That's why he
3: did that. <laughs> That's what they tell me. I saw my mother walk out of the stand. That's why I did that, just go home too.
1: Yeah, because you could see that. Because out on the field, you could see exactly somebody oh, leaving. no,
3: I was so over my head. I'm like, are you really kidding me? Now I got to go all the way to the sideline, walk you over to the lane to explain this? And then I got to walk back out here and play? I said, dude, you're really wasting my time right now. And it's 28 to nothing, and then 53 said something to me, and I was— I was so sick of him. I just we were back in the Houston game, way yeah, back in Oakland. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why I went off. I, I just I, I wanted him to do
1: something.
3: Just, just say something to me and spit on me. I'm gonna slap you in the mouth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we yeah, we're glad that didn't yeah. happen. We don't we do yeah, we don't really we I don't really need that.
3: that. afternoon, I apologize for all that was involved in that Sunday afternoon. Warren was not himself. Sorry.
1: Nah, that's that's fine. And you know what? And it's funny because that's the thing. You know, we as when you're doing the officiating schedule, you don't want to put the same officials with the same teams too much during the season because it builds up and that kind of stuff. You know, you have something happen oh, it, one it me- week.
3: Always, it always happens, especially yeah. with the way we used to play. We were on top of each other. Yeah. There yeah. was another obstacle in the middle of the field that we used.
1: Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. That umpire in yeah. that position, that's why they moved them. Absolutely, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, but
3: they... They see far
1: less holding now. Oh, me. I know. You, you, the mm. defensive line gets away with a lot more. A lot more of that mm. grabbing and preventing. Yeah, you know. But
3: to oh, not yeah. be holding on the other side. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I counter that.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, last question. Here's the question. All right. What what hurt worse? Okay, losing to Alabama in the ninety two Sugar Bowl and not getting that second national championship, or being bitten by a shark. Which which hurt worse? The
3: name. Sugar bowl. I was twenty three and old. I was going for back to back. That's all we talked was perfection at the University of Miami. And it hurt so bad because I saw it coming during the week. We weren't we weren't as a team. We wasn't together and a bunch of people really? had a lot of individual agendas on their plate. Yeah. We had four senior receivers, we had three senior linebackers, two cornerbacks that felt like they were getting squeezed out the best safety in the whole America and Dale Williams so trust me yeah we, we had a bunch of issues there was a bunch of stuff going on that nobody knew about
1: so so the shark came in second tell me the shark story
3: you know what I was just being a butthole and <laughs> just got taught a good lesson that shark shark shark's gonna win raise a shark shark's gonna win and if you don't let him go or her go they'll bite you <laughs> <laughs> I was lobstering, and you know when you dig your hand in a hole, yeah. I mess around to touch the shark, and I'm like, oh. And then we had the hookah holes, which is the, you know, like snorkel, woo, woo, woo. he was blowing air, so I got plenty of air to stay there. So he turned, well, she turned sideways, and I could see the fin and the nose and the, and the tail, and I could still see all the antennas of the lobsters I wanted. I'm like, ah, uh, how do I do this? So I looked, I'm like, I could just snatch her out of the hole, and she should just swim off. So I snatched her out of the hole, and she went to swim off. And some said, "Grab her by the tail." I don't know what foolish <laughs> thing in my mind said this, but when I grabbed her by the tail, she was a full extension, just—I mean, just moving. I wish I had my GoPro on the top of my helmet. I could—that's could, <laughs> what got me. I'm like, oh, I don't have my. You GoPro. didn't
1: have it on tape. Then I, yeah.
3: Then I look up to see if anybody's watching, and JC, my little buddy, is right over above me, going, "Oh," because he doesn't have the, the 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 air in his mouth. He just got to take a breath. So when I look back from laughing with him, the shark is bending his torso and everything back at me to bite me. And I luckily had a shirt on and it caught the top of his mouth. And I got my skin out before he totally got me. Because if he totally got me, it would have ripped my wrist off the bottom. And we, we had a serious issue there.
1: That's Boom. crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I learned
3: my lesson. Leave the animals alone That's a in good... the water unless, unless I'm in the boat with a hook
1: on There them. you go. That's a good lesson. Leave, leave the animals <laughs> alone. I like it. Yeah,
3: in the water, especially, the-, <laughs> especially the
1: shark. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Good luck with everything that you're doing, and uh, and come back and join us sometime.
3: Anytime, brother Doing what you're doing, and make sure we get that guy at the at at the sticks. We got it. At the first time marker, that's all we need. One guy right there, then they ain't got to move and they ain't got to run up there. We got a guy marking that already. And it's it's a lot more accuracy when he's marking it when you're looking at it sideways than running up from the other side.
5: All right, we'll
1: make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. Thank you, baby. All right, man. Take care. Good calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And Hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.
3: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip.